I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Sands Pants Radio. Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched The Shining. The Shining is a 1980 psychological horror film directed by Stanley Kubrick, based on Stephen King's 1977 novel of the same name. It features the Torrance family, who head to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence, while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. Yeah, look, do you know who's great to go on holiday with? Jack Nicholson. Have a fucking sick time. (laughs) Woo! Jackie boy! Jackie boy! (laughs) Can we start with the amazing fact uh, one of you sent in our message thread today? Oh, yeah, fuck. Because I think I, it really, I just really think it sets the scene for this whole film and the, the way it was made. Because this is the thing. The Shining's The Shining, but it's actually like the cooked shit that Stanley Kubrick did oh, to yeah. people during The Shining that make The Shining amazing. I read exactly. so much about The Shining today. <laughs> and, yeah, the, the standout fact is such a dumb one, but it's like in order to get Jack Nicholson into like the agitated frame of mind that Kubrick wanted. He he only let him eat cheese sandwiches for two straight weeks because he knew that Jack Nicholson hates cheese sandwiches. Fuck, I love that <laughs> fact. Because you have to imagine Jack Nicholson's a fairly grumpy dude in the first oh, place, yeah. let alone on a diet of just cheese yeah. sandwiches. So there's that funny one, and then there's like really sad, depressing stories of like what he did to Shelley Duvall. Yeah, that that breaks your heart a bit. And even like to the extent where he bullied her mm. to to get to make her go crazy, basically, right? Which you see in the film. Yeah, but even like he would tell the crew, no one, no one help her out, no one offer her any support. <sighs> like I forbid you to do it. And he would, yeah, she legitimately broke down. Her hair was falling out. She had a nervous breakdown. It's fucked. He's a piece of shit. He's, he's a, a piece of big shit. Big old piece of shit. People and then, are like, yeah. he's so, oh, he's a vision. And like, look, yeah. the film is incredible. His direction is amazing. His record as a director is impeccable. Hey, here's a thought. Have you ever tried directing actors instead of being a big fuckhead? Brian De Palma uh, was critical of this movie when it came out and his main thing was that Kubrick can't make horror films because he, he hates and can't understand people. mm and that was Stephen King's main issue with this is he said it, it looks great, it's, but he called it like a big shiny car that actually has no engine inside because he said it's heartless. Mm. He stripped the heart out of his story. I would agree. I, would agree I really too. love the film. Like I'm oh, not shitting saying. on the film, mm. but there's no – I don't care what happens to that family because – well, no, I care what happens to Shelley Duvall, but I care what happens to Shelley Duvall in real life. <laughs> I don't care about Jack Torrance's Descendant of Madness because he just seems like a dickhead from the mm. outset. Yeah, exactly I right. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I've read too much about Stephen King today. 
His thing was he hated Jack Nicholson being cast. Oh, really? Yeah, because he's already he's got like a reputation. You know what you're getting with Jack Nicholson. Whereas he his big thing was in his, I haven't read his novel, but he said Jack Torrance needs to start out Tom Hanks. not an asshole. Well, oh, yeah, not, Tom not Hanks, maybe yeah. not Tom Hanks, but in that <laughs> sort of line. Yeah, you know, yeah. As a decent guy who is a bit of an alcoholic and has those tendencies, and then you watch him break down. Whereas you know when they're driving the car mm. up to the the hotel, and already he's kind of like ignoring son a little bit, and you just think he's he's pretty cold to his wife. You're yeah. like, yeah, you would murder people. Yeah, just straight off the bat, mm. it's not that much of a leap. No, it's not. I kind of agree with that then. And also I found myself uh, – so when we first watched this on on Letterboxd, I think we all gave the same rating, which was four and a half stars. Yeah. I've now dropped it to four, and I think it's sliding still, to be honest. And oh, Damo. Because I, I, I think I, I'm on the cusp of it almost falling to a four for things like that we've discussed where no heart. It's the heart. The pacing's a little slow. and yeah. Well, see, my thing is, is – It's still it's, a classic and I love it. It's a five-star film in my mind, but I gave it a four and a half because I, the more I learned about the terrible things that Stanley Kubrick did, the less <laughs> I wanted to reward him with a five. Mm, yeah. So mine's just pure vindictiveness. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Stan, you're a dickhead. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve perfection. Right. Because that, the, the other thing is like how he's like, we're going to do a million takes of like you picking up a fork. Mm. Oh, the takes are off the chain. Everything I read today, it doesn't even really specify why he wants so many takes. Like, they're, they're, all right, you know how... Finch is the same, though. We're David jumping. Finch will do the same thing. He'll, oh, yeah. He does that thing, though, that I've heard where there's that interview with um, Rooney Mara talking about getting cast for uh, Girl of the Dragon Tattoo and mm. talking about doing that scene in Social Network. Yeah, yeah. And apparently there's just like a... They, they did that scene, that delivery of the line, um, you're going to think people aren't going to date you because you're yeah, a nerd, yeah. but it's because you're an asshole. Um, they did that delivery apparently over and over again. And then when she watched the film, she's like, these are the first take. <laughs> Same thing happened in Fight Club. I think um, yeah. Thingo falls down the stairs. They filmed it 40 times and he Shit. used like the first or second take. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's the scene where we're getting into spoilers now, but Jack Nicholson uh, swing it kills the guy with the axe. Yeah. I think he they, they did like 50 takes and he wanted to do like 70 or 80 and Jack Nicholson's like, uh, the actor he's doing it with is 70 years old. <laughs> and he goes, can we just give him a fucking break? Because that guy broke down and started crying. Oh, shit. This is like <laughs> – oh. do many people work with Kubrick again? I'm trying to think Surely of his filmography. Not. I've never known anyone to do a movie with him more than once. Mm. He ruined Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidd. I mean, they ruined their own <laughs> marriage, Tom Cruise did, by being a psychopath. But yep. like, yeah, wow, fuck. No one I know is working with him. I know that like um, him and Peter Sellers famously – did not get on because he was meticulous and so was Peter Sellers but in a completely different way. Mm. Um, this is uh, Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. But like, yeah, no one, no one's had a good time with him. Well, so Danny Lloyd who plays, um, what's his name? Dan Torrance. Right. Yeah. The kid. Yeah, the kid. He was completely different with him. Like he protected him and like. Is um, that right? Yeah, that kid, I read today, that kid thought he was just making a drama film. He didn't know it was a horror because even like oh, the scenes where Wendy and Jack are having a big fight in the hallway there in his writing room, right? And she's just carrying like a dummy. It's not even the kid. Is like that they right? protected him from certain aspects of it. And it wasn't until like years later that he watched it and was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> oh, of course, because you never actually see him in a scene with the with the ghost. Yeah, it's always like the ghost and then his reaction. Right, yeah. we're getting cuts too. And yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Uh, well, on the topic of of ridiculously long uh, takes. I read one fact that was Joe Turkle, who was the bartender, the actor who played the bartender. Um, Lloyd. Lloyd. In an interview, he said that the bar scene, they rehearsed it for six weeks 
And then the shoot day lasted from 9am to 10.30pm. And then by the end of the day, his clothes were soaked in sweat because he'd just been working so hard all day. Fuck. There's so many rumours about that scene because I've heard um, someone say, Jack Nicholson said or something, that they mm. did 400 takes of the bar oh, scene. Oh, fucking hell. I don't know if that's true. That, that scene when he comes insane. in and he's like, slow night, Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they only did three takes of the blood coming down the elevator. Right. I assumed it was a miniature. I didn't find anything that said it was, so maybe they did it for real. Yeah, oh, he they probably did. three did. takes. Forget this. It took nine days to set up a take. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. So you know what that makes me think? Yeah. It was a miniatures. Because mm. you can't tell me that a miniature yeah, would require know. nine days yeah. to do a take. But so then, basically that's that's 27 days for then, one shot in the film. But that's not even – so it's 27 days, but then – in and around that, they had to figure certain things out. It took like a year to do that shot. Fuck. Yeah. And that one, and, that know, one shot. Fuck. Back, back then, so this came out in the 80s, um, the rating system for trailers was very different. You mm. couldn't have blood in trailers. Kubrick convinced them that it was rusty water. And so that's <laughs> in the trailer. How? <laughs> oh, my God. He said there's a bit of rust in the water and the pipes are leaking. Right. It's believe, an old hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking yeah. hell. Do you reckon they were filthy when the movie came out? Probably. Yeah. Although no one ever says, oh, no, the blood. Yeah. It's just, oh, man. I think the true horror of The Shining is the making of The Shining. (laughs) It raises a good question of like like all the things we're talking about. Like the bar scene was a really good scene. And like Mm. even Joe Turkle, the actor, he's then gone on to say, oh, it's an amazing scene. Like it's my favourite scene from the film despite what he went through. And then even like Shelley Duvall's performance, you generally believe it's she's qualified because she is. And same with Jax. Same like- with, yeah, and that blood is he's so iconic for a reason. Like for me, who this is my first time watching it because both you guys had had seen it before. Yeah, uh, which only made me more scared. I realised because uh, one, Carney, you said this was the scariest film you'd ever seen. Yeah, I, I saw it fifteen years ago. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. And then you're both talking like over my head. About things that were coming up oh, yeah. and how scary they were. Bathtub chick, bathtub. Yeah. yeah. Well, now I know. You looked, over, you looked over at me and you just tapped your elbow, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, have man, a good time." Man, that skin's yeah. coming off, boy. Oh. That is so. And it's like, yeah, but all of it, like, was his madness in creating this film worth it? When we have something that is so iconic, like all the things that he clearly obsessed over, paid off. Yeah. Like, in a way. Yes, but at the same time. I mean, okay. don't the, be a dick to Charlie Duvall. Here's my here's my thing, right? The, the example, the, the the perfect thing for this is is you have like Kubrick's like everyone has to suffer to make their art, mm. and I, I love this is one of my favorite ever film making stories of all time. Uh, on the set of the movie Marathon Man, Dustin Hoffman, famous for going method and trying really hard, uh, is in a scene with Lo- Sir Lawrence Olivier, right? Mm. Who has a who has an awards ceremony named after him? Like he is the top shit Shakespeare, like old school English actor. And so for this scene, uh, Hoffman has, like, not slept properly for, like, three days, barely eaten anything, drunk just, like, coffee, so he's really anxious and worked up for this scene. And he's explaining this to Olivier, and Olivier's just sitting there watching it. And then just before just before the director's about to call, a- like, action on this scene, Olivier just leans over and goes, have you tried acting, dear boy? <laughs> and that's the point, right? Yeah. Just direct, like... Yeah. You don't need to kill people to make a movie, Stan. I agree. There, there are other <laughs> classic films where the director didn't torture his cast to get a good performance. In fact, they arguably did the opposite. Yeah, and look, that kid's really good in it, you know, yeah. and isn't fucked up from it. So, but I mean, <laughs> so is Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. Though. I don't, yeah, I don't agree with the process, but Jack Nicholson is unhinged because he's unhinged in real life. Mm. Yeah. He's stuck in a, ho- like, oh, in a set filming that thing, which went just, 
I read today how long over it went over schedule. I know the cinematographer also did Rocky too, mm. and he was told this will not go beyond uh, six months, I think. Yeah, and it went twelve months or something like that. So every week he was catching flights back and forth Fuck to film Rocky Two and The Shining. Wow, that's insane. I wonder what experience he had more fun on. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like such an easy movie, well, not easy, but like a, a more simplistic movie to shoot because it's mostly in the one location. And obviously, mm. they're beautiful, amazing sets, but. They're already built. They're there. We can just yeah. film them. And I know they did have to film them in order of rooms because I did read that they actually, for some of the sets, they had to take them down and build some of the other parts of the hotel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but even still, you'd think, okay, it's, it's technically single location. It's the hotel, so it shouldn't be that long. And yet mm. when the year over, that's insane. Yeah, I read Raiders of the Lost Ark is the only one I remember, but there was two other big movies that were all pushed back by a year because they were waiting to film in the same studio. Wow. And because he built the whole hotel, yeah. essentially, he was using the entire studio. Yeah. And then amazingly <laughs> came out to fairly mundane reviews. Yeah. It's one of those ones that's grown since. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was, well, I was reading some of the reviews that first came when it first came out, and they're not kind by any measure, um, mostly praising King's book over the film. Yeah. And also, poor fucking Shelley Duvall, they rip her a new one for her performance stating like because obviously she's so like limp armed and yeah, sort yeah. of and it's it's there's something odd about it which i actually think and again maybe it's that retrospect it works because you're like yeah this is a person who has lost part of their sanity which yeah. even just for someone even without her husband going nuts and killing her and trying to kill her her presence in that hotel would drive like the whole point is it's driving all of them a bit nuts yeah. So I think she's already unhinged, add to the fact she's trying to hold on to her sanity yeah. so she doesn't become like her husband. She was nominated for Worst Actress at the Razzies. Oh, which is just For bullshit. The Shining. Yeah, which is just bullshit. That, do you reckon the people who gave it, like, nominated for that award, then heard about what Kubrick did to her and immediately were like, oh, fuck. Well, you should be an idiot to not. Down. Like, that's a good performance. It is. Mm. She's fucking great. I love hindsight reviews. Yeah. Like, one of my favourite, like, when they go either way, like, when, right. like, like someone will review a film, like, hype it the fuck up, and then a few years later it was like, oh, it was actually terrible. Uh, or yeah. the other way around, like, I would love to, unless, you know, maybe maybe some of those people, I mean, I've read the book, but I've read, I read it ages ago. It, the book's really good. It's one of, it's one of his good books, mm. and there's a lot of difference in it, and there's a lot of, like, like, there's animals in the maze that come to life. Yeah, they, they, they do a lot more with the whole shining thing. Mm. I mean, like I love the story for the, this film where King found out that Kubrick was making it and was like, oh, you know, if he wants to call me and have a chat, he can. And so Kubrick rang him and just kind of explained all of the things that he was going to get rid of. And then he was going to, no, it was like, I think it might've actually only been, he was going to change one thing. Do you mind if I change the ending um, to keep the hotel there? Yeah. And, King was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Oh, also, if you want me to like come in and on set and like talk to you about the script and do all that kind of thing, and Kubrick was like, no, and just hung up. It was yeah, a whole King, conversation. King wrote a script, yeah, in the early stages, oh, and right. he just threw it out. Yeah, yeah. Part of me wishes King had been on set just to create even more chaos. Oh, on they, that set. he hates him. Does he's he? yeah. I read today that, he, that there's a part of him that. Uh, enjoys the fact that he outlived Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, so oh. there's a mini series, a TV. Thing it's awful. It. You've it's seen awful. it. Yeah, yeah it's I've, terrible. I've just heard it's crap. But to make that, basically, I think Kubrick owned. He bought the rights. Right. He made The Shining. Yeah. So King had to buy it back, and then part of the deal was he had to sign that he would stop publicly trashing the film, <laughs> except he was allowed to still voice his disapproval of 
uh, Jack Nicholson's portrayal. Okay. That was the only thing. Yeah. So since then, so there was like a period of time where he was just in the media constantly barraging this film and then it but- just stopped. There needs to be a movie about the making of this movie. It'd be fucking good, wouldn't there's it? A, yeah. There's docos, but like yeah. there needs to be like a disaster artist, right? You know, oh, like right, though it would be better if King was there because oh, that be would just be sensational. They just, oh. I feel like they would actually different. get into a punch on it somehow. Well, because mm-hmm. one, you got to remember. So one of them is this like meticulous, insane man, and the other one loves cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> they would have. You guys are probably more familiar with King's life story than I am, but so he was a cocaine addict and an alcoholic and was pretty shit to his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yep. certain parts of his life, so I think I think it was mostly before the film because the yeah. whole point is that it's um, a bit autobiographical. That was yep. yeah one of the things he loved. He's this is the heart of the story. It's about a family. Yeah, and he watched the film and just like Kubrick just doesn't give a fuck about the family. Yeah, like yep. yeah. Watch, look, if you watch any of Kubrick's films, though, it's very clear that he enjoys cinema and he loves craft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He hates people. Yeah, definitely. Like no one in any of his – like human be- humans are never depicted in any kind or favourable light in a Kubrick yeah. film. Mm. Whereas King, I think, is the opposite. He writes fucked up shit, but he, but loves he cares people. deeply for people. Well, there's yeah. that great story about him with Pet Cemetery, where he wrote Pet Cemetery, gave it to his wife. She's like, you can't publish this. It's too depressing. He's like, mm. yeah, I know. So they never published it. And then he – Got to a point where he hadn't finished another book and the book was due, so he just gave them Pet Cemetery. And to this day, it's like his biggest regret. Mm. He's like, the book's too bleak. The book's okay. too cruel. Yeah. I don't like it. It's yeah. needlessly unhappy. Well, that's it. Well, even with The the Shining, the book, uh, again, I haven't read it, but I was when in my research I was reading about this, basically the main uh, – Jack's character at one point gains a bit of uh, sentience back and basically through that then destroys the boiler and blows up the house, basically yeah. lets his family get away. Similarly, uh, Shelley Duvall's character, whose name I'm blanking on. Wendy. Uh, Wendy, thank you. She was basically way more of a badass and was like actually quite tough and standing up to yep. Jack and really trying to fight for her son and for herself. Yeah. Where we didn't get any of that. No, that's a very King thing too. Totally. Having, having the mum yeah, or the he wife. Hated- Kubrick's thing, but Kubrick's argument for it was that if she's too strong and mm. too together, she would never have stayed with Jack the loser for that long. Yeah, I which guess. is kind of a good point. I yeah, think. but again, this is where we've, if we'd had a different Jack, if we had the nicer Jack, yeah. and she wanted to believe, no, no, my nice husband's still there. Yeah, yeah. he's you know, struggling with writing or whatever the problem is. Yeah. But because we saw him almost instantly, really shift into yeah. this real extreme asshole version. Yeah, there's nothing to hold on to. Can I say though? Yeah, I've just as you've described that, my brain's just been processing information, mm. and it's and I I have to. I have to almost be like, actually, you know what? I like King, love the heart thing, sure. But I think what Kubrick's saying is that maybe it wasn't even the hotel. Like maybe, maybe that was just that was just Jack Torrance was always going to be like always had the capacity to do that. Like the That's hotel the didn't help, but he might have done that whether there was a ghost or not. That's the vibe you get from his film, I think. Which I think is fascinating and interesting and a nice take because then it's like, well, you know, what's real, what's not? Is he, mm. is he, just, is he you know, making this up just so he can do these sorts of things? Mm. He clearly has no real faith in humanity no. as a whole, I think, and that's what this movie definitely shows. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But anyway, let's get to the scary side of things. Yeah, okay. Because for all his craziness, this was a scary movie. And what I liked about it is it didn't rely on our usual scaredy fare. There are no jump scares there in is this movie. Zero, like, most of the time you're scared and nothing's actually oh, happening. One, one. The axe? The axe into the into right. the, yeah. the, the groundskeeper guard, yeah. the chef. Yeah. Uh, but like with the kid riding across the rugs and this change in the sound, like Brilliant. that's well, there's something just internal that that turns over at these, at the, especially the sound of this movie was yep. unreal. And then obviously the visuals incredible. Um, some of the shots he got were sensational, mm. and and it did it, it. It sort of twisted you up inside in a way that was awful and kind of good. All the horror is really slow. Mm. Like that scene when he goes into the bathroom, you have a tracking shot, and you're. Jack's vision, and yeah. then it, it you get the reverse shot of him looking at the naked woman in the bathtub, mm. yeah. and that whole scene is super fucking chilling, mm. even before she becomes grotesque. Yeah, like yeah. he he oh. has like this weird approach to horror because even I was reading this thing today that Spielberg really likes that scene. You know when Wendy finds the manuscript, yeah, and then any other movie would have her looking at it, and then a jump scare when Jack's there behind her. Right. But this one, I think he's up on the ledge, isn't he? Well, no, you actually oh, see, you you see, see his point of view. You don't see you? his point of view for a, a while. Like yeah. he's mm. just standing there, basically, so that it's not a jump scare. The audience just get the the opportunity to watch him and then go back to to Wendy. Yeah, which is Spielberg loves it because he's like, when you do the jump scare, jump scare, sorry, it relieves the tension in the audience. Mm. Whereas this scene keeps it for the whole time because they don't do the jump. No, he yeah. just naturally comes into the scene, and then you get because the the whole thing of them on the staircase oh. wouldn't be as good because no. you would have relieved a bit of tension. Mm. But it's all fucking building up. It's crazy. You don't, you don't get to relieve any tension until she hits him in the head with the bat and he falls down the stairs, mm. and yeah. then you catch your breath, but not in a good way. In a like I've got him, and yeah. then the next shot is him slowly waking up, being dragged across the ground. Where mm. you again, you don't get to relax because yeah. he's coming too. Right, right. I, I think there's something with the jump scares where. For your characters, the, you're empathising for the characters. Part of it is like, oh, they're in trouble because they weren't prepared. Mm. They Someone jumped out of them, they didn't know they were there, and now they're going to pay the price. But having them know they're there, having time for the villain or the, whatever, the force to approach them, 
and them still being defenseless and helpless against this slowly approaching force is way worse because mm. they're ready. They're as ready as you can possibly be. And they're She's probably got the bat. still going to lose. She's ready to get out of here. Exactly. And- yeah. That whole scene though too where he's like he's super chatty and friendly mm. the whole walk through talking about I've seen you see my manuscript, blah, blah, blah. And then mm. he's talking, what are you going to do with Danny and blah, blah, blah. And they're walking up the stairs and everything's kind of manic and stressful. But the real terror of that whole scene is then when he just changes gears and he's like, give me the bat. Like it's just like game's over. Yeah. Give me yeah. that. And it's almost like now she's the crazy one and he's yeah. saying in an yeah. instant. Just just the way – and it's just – and that's not necessarily – that's not Kubrick. That's just Nicholson just modulating his voice just an octave. Yeah. Oh, he's in peak form. Yeah. He's really good. I mean, that's the it's that and what one it's flow got, of the cooker's nest that everyone's mm, like, oh, that's such, your Jack Nicholson. Such little things too, like um, there's a callback. So that scene is a callback to earlier in the film. Danny's riding his bike around and he's riding in figure eights. And if you watch Jack Nicholson move up the stairs, he moves in the same – he moves in figure <sighs> eights. Great. Like the whole movie is just full of like little details. Yeah. I actually, I'm going to hold on the four and a half. Okay. Yeah, me too. It's, it doesn't – Give me what I normally want from a movie, which is heart, but it makes up for it in a lot of other areas. Mm. What's the thing? And again, I would give this movie a five, except I'm spitefully withholding that half a point because yeah. Kubrick was rude to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just, oh man, what a what a crazy man! Yeah. What a and he never mellowed out. No, like I, although I do love there's the the story about the um this is tangentially related the the guy uh, who the con artist in the UK this very gay man. Um, just pretended to be Stanley Kubrick for years and, like, would pick up men and get them to give him money by saying they were financing. He was making a sequel to 2001 A Space Odyssey. Like, that was what he – 2001 A Space Odyssey Did he look 2. like him? No. No, he was – so he was English yeah. and gay. And Kubrick was American and married to a woman. Yep. Like, just had no – literally no bearing. But because Kubrick was, like, a recluse mm. – and wouldn't come out and like be like that's not me. Just let it go. Like it just well, it just lived, went on for ages. He lived in London, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And he was afraid of flying. Oh, he never flew. No. Yeah. Such a weird character. He is. Yeah. He used to call up during the making of The Shining. He would call Stephen King at three in the morning and just be like, "Do you believe in God?" And ask him just <laughs> random <laughs> shit. Oh fuck! I love that so much. <laughs> that is the greatest fact. King hated him. <laughs> no wonder King hated him. They, and it oh. sounds like they really could not be polar opposites. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so all right. Well, I want you boys to tell me. I know which ones mine are, but what, what were your scariest moments from the film? Bathtub, I think. Yeah, bathtub. And totally. that's been the same for fifteen years. Um, also, Danny being chased through the maze. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Even when even when he's trying to outsmart him, the whole thing because you're just waiting for him to get caught. Yeah. Yep. You just and, and again, no jump scare. You're just no, like no. he's going to get caught. He's going to get caught. I would also go with the stairwell scene as well. Yeah, stairwell because, seems great. Yeah, it's not typical horror mm. like what we've been watching, but it's it's so unsettling. And I like I kind of love that even though yes, the house and the ghosts are having their effect on him. Really, in that moment, there's nothing supernatural about it. It's mm. just a husband who's lost yep. his fucking yep. mind. And there was one other scene that did it for me, which was Danny with oh yeah, oh with what's his called, finger. What's, what's the thing's Tony. name? Tony. Tony. Uh, especially when he like we went that higher pitch or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the red rum. The red rum. That yeah. red rum sequence is yeah terrifying. I don't know. Like from the sounds of it, he didn't force the kid to do a million takes, but that was acted fucking phenomenally because yeah. that. Tore me in half. I was as he slowly terrified. transitions back to just talking as Danny, and it's the voice halfway between the two when he's yeah. basically ah, scr- oh, it's fucked. Exactly yeah, right. It's fucked. And I was still at that point thinking, I don't know if I can trust Tony 
Mm. I don't know if I can even trust Danny at this point because I like I wasn't really 100% on the ending because I hadn't seen it. Mm. Um, and so I was kind of thinking, what if Tony takes over Danny or something like yeah. that? Like, yeah. I don't know, but either way, it did me did me good. That Just was when it, yeah, when it wouldn't when Tony wouldn't tell him what why didn't want why they didn't want to be there. Mm. It's like tell me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that voice. Fuck. All right, let's jump into how we would survive in this in this house of horrors. Now, can I spin this on its head a little bit? Yeah. Go for it. Mate. Rather than how would we survive in the Shining Hotel, because we all know we'd be dead. Yeah. Um, so quick. How would we survive on the set of The Shining? <laughs> Working oh, Stanley Kubrick. You'd quit on the first day. Oh, you'd be – no, but you wouldn't be allowed to because you'd quit and then he'd ring you at 4 a.m. being like, do you believe in God? Oh, fuck. Also, like – You can't you, quit. You have to see the film through. That's, I guess, the Did the he role. let people quit? Like, I, I've got to imagine he fired so many people. Oh, yeah. In his life. And then mm. they would fire them and then on Monday – Ring them and be like, where the fuck are you? Like, yeah, you yeah. fired me on yeah, yeah. Tuesday, you piece of shit. See, I was just about to say, there's your there's your out. You try to get him to fire you. You just do whatever you need to to get him to fire you. But it, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. No. So, all right, how are we going? How are we surviving? What roles do we have? Okay. Can, I be, can I be daddy? Because <laughs> I, I want Kubrick to be nice to me. <laughs> no, no, no. None of us can be Danny. All right. I'm Shelley Duvall. Okay. <laughs> I'm having a terrible time. You're I was going to say I'm Shelley Duvall's assistant. Yeah. <laughs> We're all working with Shelley. Like that's picking up her fallen hair on the ground and <laughs> literally any role though, like catering. Because mm. catering, you're like, oh, I've prepared this meal and what have you prepared for Mr. Nicholson? Oh, yeah, same. No, he, he'll have a cheese sandwich. <laughs> and then what you do is you have you have Kubrick, who's Kubrick, telling you, no, 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 you, you need to, you need to. You need to prepare cheese sandwiches for yeah. Nicholson. And then you have Nicholson, who's unhinged, being like, give me a fucking steak, you piece yeah, of how shit. How do you enforce oh, that? God. Especially like if he's got an axe in his hand. Right. He's Jack Nicholson. Like- Surely he can just go out and, and eat. Jack Nicholson just um, on the side is a huge tennis fan and they were filming in London and Wimbledon was on. So he faked a back injury so he could leave for a few days and go oh, to Wimbledon. Oh, that's great. And he lied to Kubrick. And then Kubrick was watching the tennis and saw him on TV. Oh, because, <laughs> oh, of course, they would show yeah, him. They showed Jack him yeah. He's there with two girls on his arm and right. Kubrick was fucking furious. Kubrick was just like, just cheese sandwiches. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe it was maybe, after that. Maybe it was after that. Maybe he was allowed to eat anything and then he lied to him and oh, Kubrick was yeah. like, fuck you. That was probably it. Yeah. Man. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. How would we actually survive the Overlook Hotel? Oh, my God. Well, you get snowed in, so it's not like you can run away. No, no. They've kind of thought of everything. It's it it's is an excellent premise. So, okay. Well, do any of us have the Shining? I think one of us has to. Okay. Well, if you're Shelley Duvall, yeah, you don't have the Shining. I've got the Shining. If I'm Danny, okay, you got yeah. the Shining. That leaves you. And you're you. Jack. You're losing your mind. You're, oh, you know what? To be fair, this makes sense. You're the angriest of the three of us. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like. You, you're ready to watch like a game of footy and the cables go. You're basically Homer in the uh, Simpsons ripoff, The Shinning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean. I'd snap sooner. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't even yeah. run into Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen you after you let someone through in tra- traffic and they don't give you a wave. Oh, someone didn't give you a wave on the drive up. We've been, we didn't even get oh, to the yeah. hotel. We're dead. <laughs> That's true. You just drove into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. No, yeah, I would have the same problem that, that Jack has driving up. I'm already angry. Yeah. And that's, is that the thing? Do you think as soon as you've got a chink in your armour, mm. it's really hard to recover from that? That's it. You kind of have to be a perfect person to go to the Overlook and come out alive. Well, you've got to go. Obviously, it's fine in like the sea. It's the, the, it's the, when there's a lot of people there, it must be okay. But it's, it's the, the isolation. isolation part Yeah, yeah. when it's on their own. How long were they there for? 
I think they're supposed to be there for about five or six months, and I think they're there for two or three months. Yeah. Should like, I mean, it's just it's a fault of the hotel staff not to have a rotation policy. <laughs> oh, totally. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, fucking hell. That should just be like you go there for a month and then you come off and then mm. another guy's going to go up and then you can come back for. Because this ain't the first time this fucking happened either. Well, yeah, didn't they? The previous no, the previous not the previous guy. The one before him went mad and killed everyone or something. A couple of years, like quite a few mm. years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have yeah, that, f- fuck, they didn't learn. Yeah, that that scene in the bathroom too, where he's telling him he should kill his family, mm. is so good. When he's like, I recognize I, when, the look, the look on Nicholas's face when he's like, I know you, yeah, I know yeah. you, and he's like, No, you don't. I've, mm. I'm, you've, you, you know, I've always been here. Mm. And then he's like, No, 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 but you were the old caretaker. And then it's the line of, No, you've always been the caretaker. Yeah. Mm. And you're like. Oh no! I'm chilling. I'm a big sucker for like how they shoot things and filmmaking techniques and mm. stuff. Are you guys familiar with the 180 degree rule where you don't cross the? If, you, if you've got uh, reverse camera angles, you mm. don't cross the 180 degree right. line because yep. it confuses the audience visually. That's the only scene in the film where they cross it because mm. Kubrick wants you to start to think that Jack is becoming that guy. Right. So it's oh, just a confusing great. visual scene. It, yeah, no, it is. He's leering the and whole time. You don't time. really know. Like I didn't pick up on it watching it, but now you think back and you go, "Yeah, I was uncomfortable in that scene." Yeah, mm. and it's because of the way that he chose. Yeah, to really, do it. they're just having a conversation. Yeah. Or, yeah. So look, if if strength in numbers is a thing, I think, I think Tom, you and me are gonna have to be like, Carney's losing it. We need to throw him a party. We need to get numbers in here. Yes. We we invite people up to the hotel. How are they going to get in? Snowed in. Bring your snow plows. I've already gone mad and ripped the end, the cables out of the engine. Oh, you prick. You bastard. <laughs> I just, I, I give you the bat. You give me the bat. To the head. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't, I don't like, how does he get out? She lets him out, doesn't she? No, no. One of the ghosts. I think the house the lets him out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, no. So what I would do is at that point, I'm not just like locking you in a cellar room. You just kill me. You're dead. Yeah. I hit you with the bat and I just keep hitting you with the bat. But then, and then I go and kill Dan. <laughs> it's got me now. Would it get you though? No, nah, probably not. Mm. If you killed somebody, is that enough for- if, Does it want me to kill ch- you? Is that yeah. the point? I think it does. I think there's no way out of this one. I don't think you kill me. No, I think it's- I think we- I, I reckon we could probably- Oh man, you'd probably kill me. I think I would. Yeah. yeah. I'd get you out, but I don't think I'd be able to get out. <laughs> and then I'd get into the maze. I'd get him. Yeah. <laughs> you reckon? You, I wouldn't you, you, fall, you would, I wouldn't fall, fall for, for that old backwards, trick, mate. You'd be That's like, a clever trick for a kid. He did well there. Yeah, I wouldn't fall for that. You're shit, very mate. confident. No. I'd I'd sniff him out. Just yelling, die! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I guess we're dead. I think we're dead. I don't. And then I, you would die in the maze of like I'd freeze to, to death. Yeah, yeah. And then we're all in that my photo. I get frostbite. My fingers would fall off. My dick would fall off. All, <laughs> yeah. That'd be the end of it. We'd be fine though because we'd all be friends together in a photo at the end. Okay. So <laughs> what you're saying is that forevermore we are going to be haunting the Overlook Hotel. Yeah. We just become ghosts. Here's another angle. Yes. We're all writers. Would I choose to – wouldn't I be like, hey, Wendy, why don't we like bounce some ideas off each other? So I don't go as mad as quickly because I'm, I'm talking. Oh, that's to you. a good okay. idea. Oh, okay. okay, break the. I'm not isolated as much because I'm like, hey, let's show workshop me your first this page, idea. and I'm like, Sean, I'm a bit worried, and you're like, why? And I just said, it just says all work and no play makes Sean a dull boy. <laughs> and then I go, geez, that's pretty weird. Hey, lucky we're not snowed in yet. Yeah, and we get to leave. Yeah. yeah, and then we go, look, mate, that's a great opener. Lose the other 999 versions of that line, and we're off to a crack and start with this book of yours. But yeah, if we're collaborating, you catch that early. Oh yeah, and I bang. haven't completely lost. Reality yet? No. Nah. We get in the car. We survive. We yeah. Yeah. And then we're halfway down the mountain and we go, fuck, we left our son there. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, no, and as we're driving down the mountain, we just look behind us and Kubrick's following us in his car being like, no, <laughs> come back. <laughs> you have to do more. He's trying to kill us and then another car comes and fucking knocks him off a cliff and it's Stephen it's King. It's Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King. Oh, King oh, saves King the saves day. Our lives. So in this version, yeah, we're actually, we're trying to escape. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cross over of the actual surviving <laughs> right. hotel and the making of the film in that Kubrick yeah. tries to kill us when we try to leave. Yeah. Beautiful. So Stephen, we win. Stephen King saves our day. I love it. Yeah. This is our first win. I think, well, we've, no, we've, we've won before. Have we? Yeah. We've, we've talked our way into a win. Yeah. This feels like a, <laughs> this this feels feels like a good win. This feels like a great <laughs> win. Yeah. Because then Stephen King is like, do you want some writing tips? Mm. It's good. Oh, yeah. Joke's on you, Kubrick. <laughs> Fuck. you got to believe in people. That's the lesson. Oh, that's the lesson. I've always here. said that's the lesson of the show. I, I believe in all of you. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, that's all the scaredy talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. And if you scary listeners have any comments about this episode or would like to say hi, you can email us on 3 at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at ScaredyBoys or individually. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Psychic of Dowie. And I'm at Awkward Trade. Stay scared, everyone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.